Welcome to the On Your Left podcast, the politics podcast that's probably to your left. My name is Katrina Ames, and I use she-them pronouns. And I'm Nirali Shath. I use she-her pronouns. Um, We are usually in your feeds every Wednesday, um, so be sure to hit the follow button. Um, And if you want to make sure that uh, we are in your feeds every Wednesday, maybe support us on Patreon. Nirali, we don't have a main topic this week because this week has been what some have described as hell. That's not an inaccurate um, d- d- description. It's it's hell. It's um, everything happened. We recorded on Sunday, and I think Monday morning was it that we found out the first bit of news we're going to talk about. Yeah, I don't think we really need to build a timeline for this because it's been a week and everything happened so quickly and it all happened so much and we're probably forgetting things. Yeah, um, we are just as overwhelmed as you, dear listener. So let's, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about it all. <laughs> so first up, we have Donald Trump's taxes. Several, several years, the New York Times published his tax returns and we found that, uh, the year that he was elected, Donald Trump paid $750 in federal income taxes. Morale, you and I make significantly less uh, and have fewer assets than Donald Trump, and we both pay much more, as do most Americans. Yep, yep. Um, wait, I think the news did hit on Sunday, because I think after the pod, we talked about this. Oh my god. Yeah. So much. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, we we both pay um, significantly more in federal income tax every year. We pay more for most things. The system yeah. is rigged. The system also, is fucked. <laughs> yeah. Also, we have undocumented immigrants who are unable to receive any federal benefits paying more in taxes than the president, which... Wow. I mean, thank you, undocumented immigrants, for contributing more to our economy, but also sorry we treat you so badly. The system should uh, repay you for all that you give it. The system just being this country. You, un- undocumented immigrants deserve better. People who are not uh, claiming to be billionaires and live in penthouses literally full of gold uh deserve better we all deserve better also keep in mind that this is information that for every other presidential candidate was volunteered these tax returns we should have known about in 2016 during that election kamala harris and joe biden also released their 2019 tax returns our vice presidential candidate has released their tax returns literally everyone seeking this high federal office did so we know exactly how much money pretty much everyone on the democratic side uh that ran for president made how they made it what their assets are what they're giving back into the system that they want to help expand to you know bring about for university to fight climate change to provide a better social safety net than our broken unemployment system and our complete lack of health care 
And Donald Trump doesn't care about other people, so he doesn't pay into a system that helps other people. Exactly. So, uh, speaking of the president, um, we might have a new one. (laughs) Hopefully we have a new one. And in that process, there are debates between the two candidates. Well, there was a debate. (laughs) Yeah, there was a debate. We don't know if there's going to be another one. It's up in the air, but the first debate did happen. Uh, We'll see if there's a second one, given the circumstances. But we did live tweet the first debate from the podcast account, and we each had very different takes on it. Um, We both started out pretty serious. (laughs) We both started out pretty serious, and as I was kind of tweeting as I was making, you know, graphics, reminding people to register to vote, reminding that Donald Trump doesn't pay as much taxes and taxes as we do and uh you know reminding everyone that we need to work to fight climate change and biden's the candidate that's going to do that that donald trump is trying to destroy the affordable care act and is currently suing to destroy it (laughs) and then you got just posted a bunch of memes and people liked that so much more (laughs) than anything else we did because the debate was nonsense If you're going to give me nonsense, I'm going to post nonsense. Yeah, I think our most popular tweet off of the pod account ever was uh, one of the memes. Oh, it definitely was. (laughs) Like, I know I tend to take everything a little bit too seriously. And yes, the presidential debate is serious. But I've also, like been in a classroom with preschoolers and have had better listeners there that follow the rules and don't interrupt people. Yeah. Oh, man. Looking at our media feed, it's so funny because it's like, register to vote. Save our planet. And then uh, me posting a photo set of Sharpay Evans going, this is not what I want. This is not what I planned. And I just got to say, I do not understand. I mean, it's important. (laughs) Because we should say, the president agreed to these rules. Like, the problem isn't the debate rules, because everyone agreed to them beforehand. They had plenty of time to prepare to give these two-minute answers, which I don't think is how you have a constructive debate, but that's besides the point. Everyone agreed to the rules, and as soon as it started, Donald Trump just gave up on them. I mean, like, I think the format of the debate was you get two minutes to say your piece in response to the question asked, the other person gets two minutes, um, and then you, there's like crosstalk. You're allowed to talk to each other. That didn't happen. No. 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 And in some ways, I guess I am a little bit glad that we didn't nominate a woman because obviously this would still happen, but nobody's mad at Biden for interrupting back. And you know that if a woman or a person of color did that, everybody would be talking now about how they were so rude and didn't follow decorum. Mm -hmm. And nobody would mention the fact that Donald Trump literally ripped up all of the rules that he agreed to and ignored everything in order to make himself feel better and to try to talk more because that's how he thinks you win a debate, by talking more and talking louder. Yeah. 
Um, but there was stuff that he said that was uh, highly concerning. It wasn't just all nonsense. It was nonsense, but it's important nonsense. Well, this is something he didn't say. He refused to condemn white supremacy. So uh, the, the moderator asked both the candidates to condemn white supremacy. Biden did immediately. And then Trump, for about five straight minutes, was like, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What, what do you want me to do? What about Antifa? What about Antifa? Sometimes we talk about like softball questions. This is like a, this is a t-ball question. They set it up. They put it right there in front of him. Let him knock him out of the park. Like nobody's even throwing it at him. It's just right there. Just you, you say one word, and you're done. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of mad. I guess at the day afterwards, white people on Facebook started the uh, condemn white supremacy challenge, where you just condemn white supremacy you just say it and you don't necessarily do anything to fight racism within your community to like build a more inclusive society because the fact that the president won't condemn white supremacy makes this incredibly surface level action deeply meaningful yeah even though it's incredibly performative it doesn't actually do anything it's the same as like those people posting those black pictures on instagram it doesn't do anything but it makes you feel like you're doing something because it's more than the president of the united states and yes we should all condemn white supremacy it's obviously bad but also if donald trump weren't the president we'd be having actual conversations about race and real conversations about how we can make things better for people of color and we don't get to do that because he's saying this nonsense. Mm -hmm. So in that little tirade, um, Trump referenced the Proud Boys, which is a white supremacist group. Um, and he told them to uh, stand by. I don't even really want to deal with this, if, if we're being honest. Mm -hmm. I mean... So there's this idea in the Second Amendment of our Constitution that says we should have the right to bear arms and to have well-regulated militias. Um, a militia built upon white supremacy and terrorizing people of color is not in any way well-regulated, and they are only seeking to intimidate people who are actually working for racial justice, and I don't think we should encourage them. I agree. It's... I so easy god damn it how does he not know get this okay um he also donald trump also told his base to watch the polls everywhere which i know i mean if you want to sign up to be a poll watcher and ensure there's a fair and free election great but i that's obviously not what he was telling you to do yeah, so the context of this was um, uh, Trump claiming that there would be uh, political shenanigans going against Trump uh, on election day, as in voter fraud and like people throwing away other people's ballots and things like that. So it's telling, so he was telling his supporters to um, basically, uh, I don't even, 
what he was telling his supporters to act like watchdogs against people who might not be his supporters. I don't think we need to encourage voter intimidation. There's plenty of that already. I, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Um, additionally, Donald Trump basically just said he won't stand by the election results if he doesn't win and he's not going to commit to a peaceful transfer of power, which is the cornerstone of our entire democracy. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't, I don't even know what to say that other than we will officially live in a dictatorship. I think the most important thing to combat that is to make sure that Biden wins overwhelmingly and undeniably and make sure that it's not even close. Make sure that the electoral college can't go against the will of the people again. Yeah. And that's that's going to take a lot of work. And luckily, we're willing to do the work and we have been doing it, but we got less than a month, so we really got to push this through. Okay, so uh the la one one thing that happened that I enjoyed uh in in the whole debate was uh joe biden telling uh donald trump to shut up and also calling donald trump a clown those were nice those were funny i i liked that that was nice i i feel like i've met a thousand men like donald trump that just keep talking because nobody's ever told them to stop even if they are not adding anything to the conversation yeah or if or if they believe the person who has told them to stop isn't uh, worthy of their attention. Yeah. So it just feels good. So uh, let's talk about all the other stuff. <laughs> yeah. So. It wasn't just those two things. It wasn't just the bombshell of Donald Trump's tax returns and a disaster of a debate that happened in the past week. Um. The president has officially contracted COVID nineteen, along with members of the president's staff multiple senators kellyanne conway thanks to her daughter letting the world know we know this um they've all contracted covid19 <laughs> oh my god i remembered what we forgot what so the same day that it was announced that the president and first lady have covid19 a bunch of tapes were released with melania trump yes! talking oh my gosh that's the news we forgot to put in the outline. Yeah, she doesn't care about Christmas, guys. <laughs> Which, like, was the smallest part yeah, I know. of the tapes, but it's what everyone latched onto. And honestly, I don't care about what the White House decorations look like around Christmas. Yeah. And I feel that part. But, like, she was also talking about how she, you know, doesn't care about other people. Yeah. And uh, that was weird. Yeah, she she just really doesn't give a shit about anyone yeah do you remember that uh that coat she wore to visit um i don't really the, care detention centers yeah 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 just believe people when they tell you who they are yeah yeah a lot there's been this narrative among like liberal circles that like melania is like trapped in her marriage or like she uh she's like in an abusive relationship or whatever and she might still be in an abusive relationship with her husband but she's also a trash human being yeah uh 
Yeah, I I don't feel like it's just so easy for news to get lost when so many things have happened. Mm-hmm. I think we went through like four news cycles in one day, and I just it was so much. Yeah, um, and yeah, we are once again we are report- recording this podcast on Sunday, October fourth. So if there's something you're hearing on Wednesday that we didn't talk about, it's probably because it happened after we recorded. <laughs> Which is what happens every week with this administration. I just want there to be no news for, like, three hours so we can do this. Remember when, like, the biggest drama coming out of the Oval Office was, like, the president wearing a tan suit? I do. And also, I don't think there's anything wrong with a tan suit. I think it looked fine. I think he looked fine in it. You know what? Tan suits are, like, quite in nowadays. Like, they weren't then, but they kind of are now. He's a trendsetter. <laughs> and, like, keep in mind, we are only discussing domestic news right now. There is a, There are a million things going on in the world right now that we just don't have the time or mental energy to think about. We just don't. Like, it's so much. Uh, as of right now, Donald Trump is currently in the hospital getting uh, experimental treatment for COVID-19. And that's all we know, I think. For sure. Pretty much. Um, There have been, like, some briefings about, like, exactly what is happening. But but neither of us are doctors, and I don't feel equipped to talk about it. Yeah. And it also seemed like the the doctor who was talking to the press may not be telling the full truth. We don't know. What we do know is that Donald Trump, despite basically not paying any federal income taxes is getting the best medical treatment available. And some people think that it's cruel to point out that 200,000 people have died just in America, that we were responsible for 20% of the world's COVID-19 deaths, despite being 4% of the world's population, and that is because of the leadership of Donald Trump. I don't think it's cruel to say that we could have had this under control, and he consistently chose not to and wanted to reopen the economy instead of getting the virus under control. And the best way to reopen the economy is to do it safely and get the virus under control first because that means that life can go at least a little bit back to normal and yeah he had access to rapid testing he had everyone around him tested for covid19 regularly they have the best medical treatment and now that he has covid19 it's about us it's not about the numbers would be lower if we didn't count the blue states It's, he has it now, so we have to all care. And we should have all cared about this pandemic way sooner, because then fewer people could have died. More people could have been living without uh, having survived COVID-19 and now living with uh, chronic illnesses and, like, pain and various other things, and we have no idea how that's going to end up. Like, we have no idea what's going to happen in the future with the survivors of COVID-19. Just, we don't. We have no idea. So, I choose to care about those people. I choose not to uh, care about um, what is going to happen to the President of the United States. Like, I care in terms of, like, what's going to happen to the country. I don't care about him as a human being at the moment. Yeah. I'm much more worried about my friend who is 
parents are visiting and yeah. her parents contracted COVID-19 months ago, but they still have a cough and they're still having trouble breathing. And I care about my friend who's scared about contracting the virus, even though her parents are getting better. Exactly. Also, um, we discussed disability in our last episode and um, disability policy is about to become a lot more important to a lot of people. Yeah. So we mentioned that a few senators contracted COVID-19 too. Yeah. Um, as of now, that includes two senators on the Judiciary Committee. It could be more by the time this is posted. Currently, uh, the Senate still intends to begin hearings for Amy Coney Barrett's nomination to the Supreme Court, despite the fact that multiple members of the Judiciary Committee have COVID-19 and are sick, and they cannot do these hearings remotely by law. They have to be there in person with the rest of the committee members. So that's a recipe for disaster. I just, it's wrong. I think we mentioned in our last episode that we do not think that the Supreme Court nomination should go through until after the inauguration, but I, I really don't want the other senators to get sick. I don't want to risk Kamala Harris's or Cory Booker's life. I don't want to risk Lindsey Graham's life even. We want a fair fight. I feel like that's what we wanted this whole time. And I think when it comes to preventing preventable death, that also means like the death of the senators, but also like the janitors that work in the Senate building and the security guards and the people who might not have access to rapid testing and might not have access to the best healthcare in the country, like our senators and our president does. Yeah. If you get sick and you test positive, you're supposed to stay home. And I want them to stay home. I want them to quarantine. I want them to follow the, not the okay safety protocol that um, has allowed restaurants to open indoor dining and things like that. I want them to follow the best possible safety protocol, which is to like not interact with other human beings, to stay at home, to wear uh, N95 masks, all of it. How much of that is going to happen? Like, we just don't know. Additionally, um, with a Supreme Court nomination, the Supreme Court is scheduled to hear cases that are really important, like the Supreme Court case that could destroy the Voting Rights Act. Yeah, um, Vox has a really good explainer on everything going on with the Voting Rights Act and all of the things um, that uh, could happen. Um, so basically, uh, there is um, one law requiring voting officials to discard ballots by voters who vote in the wrong precinct um, rather than not counting votes for the local candidates that they shouldn't have been able to vote for. So if you accidentally go to the wrong precinct and you vote for your president, you vote for the governor, whatever, um, but uh, you also vote for town council, they would just not count your town council vote. Instead, they want to throw out that whole ballot. Um, the other thing they want to do is prohibit ballot collection or ballot harvesting, um, where a voter gives their absentee ballot to a third party who can deliver that ballot to an election office. Um, 
there are some states that have some restrictions on that already, which I think for security, uh, it makes sense to have some restrictions, but like, it would just make life harder for everyone. Um, it's just bad. It's bad. And it, of course, um, makes it harder for, uh, people in marginalized communities to vote than rich white people. So, yeah, that's something that the Supreme Court is uh, doing. The Senate held a vote um, about stopping the Trump administration's suit that could end the Affordable Care Act and to try to destroy the Affordable Care Act. And the Senate voted to let that lawsuit continue because they're not going to vote directly on getting rid of the Affordable Care Act. They already did that, and the only reason they couldn't get it through was John McCain, who's dead now. I, The Affordable Care Act provides millions of people with health care. I mean, the reason that most of the people between the ages of like 18 and 26 have health care is because of the Affordable Care Act that allows them to stay on their parents' uh, health insurance. The only reason a lot of people with pre-existing conditions can afford health care is because of the Affordable Care Act. And the Supreme Court is going to be hearing a case on the Affordable Care Act on November 9th. Because the Senate wasn't brave enough to stop it. That is uh, six days after a voting day. Six days. And we don't know how contested this election is going to be. We don't know if there are going to be recounts. If We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, we could not be done counting the mail-in ballots still a week after the election. I've been really viewing things differently this late into it, and I feel like now that the Iowa caucus was preparing us to be patient for November. Oh my god. The the, the Iowa caucus was this year. It was this year? Remember when we thought that was a disaster? We were just making fun of an app. And now we're here. What? What do we do? What do we do in her rally? Um. So, uh, our first action item is to scream into the void, or do something for yourself. One, do one thing for yourself to give yourself a sense of relief and a sense that things are going to be okay. Give yourself. A minute and then <laughs> look up your ballot questions and initiatives most of them are worded in super confusing ways so that you vote against your best interest um if you haven't received your mail-in ballot yet you've probably received a sample ballot or you can look up your ballot questions online um read the sam- sample ballot questions thoroughly and then look up what they mean for your community um one fun thing that is on the New Jersey ballot this year is uh, the legalization of marijuana. So that might be happening. Um, so I want to vote in favor of the legalization of marijuana, but I need to, but again, check the wording because it could be, the question could be worded as like, do you vote for, like, against the decriminalization of marijuana? You know, which is actually saying, do you vote against marijuana legalization? I like to 
check with what local organizations are doing and if they've endorsed anything uh, for ballot initiatives because I also find the wording confusing on a lot of them and I was really relieved that I didn't have any ballot initiatives on my ballot uh, just because I think they're hard. I. I think they're confusing and I work in politics. We've accomplished a lot with ballot questions over the past few years. Florida got felon voting rights back. I think there was a state in 2018 that made it so the um, that in court there had to be a unanimous decision by the jury of your peers instead of nine twelfths of the jury needed to agree that you were guilty for a felon charge. We've gotten a marijuana legalization through ballot initiatives. We've gotten better state funding for taxes through ballot initiatives. It's a really great way to make your voice heard and to push forward actions within your state if your elected officials aren't willing to do the work. Yeah, these are like, people always say that there's no way to make direct change in laws. This is a way you can do that. Um, I just want to read aloud one of the ballot questions that is going to be on the ballot just so you can understand how confusing it is and why you should look them up. So the question on the New Jersey ballot this year um, is, one of the questions is, do you approve amending the Constitution to give a $250 property tax deduction to veterans who did not serve time in time of war? Do you also approve amending the Constitution constitution to give a 100% property tax exemption to certain totally disabled veterans who did not serve in time of war. Yeah. Yes. So on Ballotopedia, Ballotopedia has like made this so easy, thankfully. So Ballotopedia says a yes, a yes vote supports this constitutional amendment amendment to make peacetime veterans eligible for a $250 property tax deduction. A no vote opposes this constitutional amendment, thereby continuing to provide the tax deduction to wartime veterans, but not peacetime veterans. So that means if a veteran has not served overseas in a war specifically, um, they don't get this uh, property tax deduction. Yeah. Yeah. So I I was confused, but I think I would have voted yes. And after hearing the explanation, I know I would vote yes for this. Yeah, I would vote yes for this. I am going to vote yes for this. But like, it's confusing. It's a lot like these ballot questions have a lot of words. Um, and it, it's confusing. Please look them up. And the best thing you can do is to be prepared and know everything that you're going to vote for. It doesn't take a lot of time to look up a sample ballot. There are lots of resources that you can use. Just double check to see if you have any on your ballot and figure out how you want to vote. So uh, what else can we do? We need to adopt a Senate candidate. You can pick a state and start helping them get out the vote because early voting and mail-in voting has started. The election is happening right now. I already voted. I got a email from my local board of elections saying that my vote has been received. Like, I'm done with my part of this. Oh, wow. I just got uh, my mail-in ballot in a couple days ago, so I still have to vote, but yeah. 
And other people are also almost done voting. But we still need to make sure that people vote for the right people, that people remember to send their mail-in ballots back in, because we all know someone, uh, particularly in college, I was friends with someone who forgot to send their absentee ma- ballot back in and then drove three hours to her parents' hometown to vote on a Tuesday. Wow. Well, I admire their dedication, but um, it's a lot easier to just send it back on time. It is. Like, we, we all have met people that just forget. Yeah. And it's okay to forget. And look, we've seen that the Senate, it's not interested in protecting us from COVID-19. They're not interested in protecting our civil rights or protecting our health care. And we deserve better than that. So working to flip the Senate and to get out the vote is one of the best things you can do right now. There are a lot of different um, groups doing uh, phone banking and text text banking. Um, Katrina, you did postcards for voters where you write postcards, which is really fun. They all got a sticker. Wow. Yeah, that's so much fun. So there are so many different ways you can help get out the vote. Um, You can also donate to a candidate's campaign. There are so, so, so many ways you can help get out the vote, help educate people on who their Senate candidates are, on what their Senate candidates stand for. There is so much you can do right now from home. It's not just knocking on doors anymore. Please do what you can. And look, you don't have to commit to doing a phone bank every night. If you can do it once a week, that'd be great. If you can do a text bank once this weekend and you just, you're going to be too busy the rest of the election cycle, that's fine too. But doing what you can makes a huge difference because I certainly don't want to wake up in November wishing I had done more. If you, if you have the money, one good way to uh, use it um, is every time you see news that makes you angry um, and a, uh, a senator who is up for re-election has made you that angry uh spend ten dollars on their opponent i certainly know some people where every time brett kavanaugh is in the news they give five dollars to sarah gideon who was running against susan collins in maine there you go it doesn't have to be big but do what you can every little bit counts especially right now it is crunch time you should also call your senators and ask them to wait to confirm a new supreme court justice until after the next presidential inauguration um it is extremely important that um the uh person appointing a supreme court justice reflects the will of the people and honestly, I just don't want them to get their germs everywhere if they're sick. Like, I... Last week, I was talking about, like, the, how the Affordable Care Act is important, and we need to protect it. We need to protect, like, reproductive rights and LGBT rights and, you know, voting rights. And that's all important. But also, these senators are sick. And in it during a pandemic, and I don't want them getting everyone else sick. Yeah. There are people in the Judiciary Committee who have tested positive for the coronavirus they need to stay home i i kind of want the nominee amy coney barrett to also get a COVID 19 test because she was hanging out with a bunch of them she was um indoors too even if she gets dominated and joins the supreme court 
I feel like having nine Supreme Court justices die of the plague is not what we want. Yeah, it... it The justices are usually kind of old. Sonia Sotomayor has, like, diabetes, which puts her at risk for COVID complications. Like, just put a hold on it. I want them to live. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it would look really bad if you're, like, new to the office and you just get everyone in your office sick and possibly kill someone. Like, if you if you start a new job, you don't want that to be your first impression, do you? Most importantly, I trust that a lot of you are already doing this. But please wear a mask, wash your hands, stay home if you can, because trust me, if the most powerful people in the country are susceptible to the virus, so are we, so are our loved ones, so are our communities. Because people who can get tested for COVID-19 every single day, who have the people around them tested for COVID-19 all the time, are getting this disease. So we definitely can too, because I have, I do not have the special treatment that the president does when it comes to the medical community. No, not even close. Just uh, please do what you can to protect yourself and the people in your life. So let's talk about some good things. Let's talk about some good things. What's your good thing? Okay, so my good thing happened this morning. Uh, I'm very excited about about it. Senator Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania has announced he is not going to be running for Senate in 2022 and does not intend to run for governor either. That makes me really happy because I don't like him. What are the reasons why you don't like him? Why is it a good thing that he's not running for Senate anymore? I don't like Pat Toomey because he is anti-choice. He thinks that uh, it's great news that an employer can withhold contraceptive coverage. He has a 0% rating from NARAL. He, let's see. Wait, what's NARAL? Um, NARAL is a pro-choice organization. I believe it stands for National Abortion and Reproductive Rights Action League. Wow. Got a 0% from them. That's a not good percent. (laughs) He has a 13% rating from the ACLU for his anti-civil rights voting record. That's also bad. It's not good. If the ACLU it's not good. doesn't like you and the, the, the Pro-Choice America Foundation doesn't like you, probably a bad thing. He has a 14% rating from the UFCW, which is a union rights organization, and they do not like his pro-management voting record. Okay, I was gonna say, I don't think that has to do with MMA, but maybe. (laughs) He has a 17% rating from the NEA, which is a national uh, education, yeah, the National Education Association, because he has anti-public education votes. Okay, okay. I think, I think he has a very low rating uh, for most, from most organizations. Except yeah. for one. Can I guess which one that is? Guess which one it is. The National Rifle Association? Surprisingly, they also hate him. What? 
so he has had an A on his, from the, the NRA before, but he was also one of the senators that after the Sandy Hook shooting, uh, put co-sponsored a bill, the Toomey Mansion bill, for more gun control. Whoa, Joe Manchin got voted did down. something? Well, it didn't pass, so oh, not really. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, Joe Manchin. Yeah, he he wanted to expand background checks, so even the NRA hates him. Like, they like him a lot more than they like most Democratic senators. <laughs> uh... But they're not exactly fans either. But I think it's still a significantly higher rating than all the other organizations. Yes, significantly. <laughs> significantly. This man is anti-union. He's anti-choice. He is anti-LGBT. He's anti-climate change action. He's I, anti-civil rights. He's anti-civil rights. Like... I'm just, I'm surprised he's managed to be in office this long. Yeah. Well, I'm glad he's not running anymore. I know. I'm just kind of concerned about what I'm going to do, because my whole plan was to spend 2021 and 2022 getting him out of office. And now there's no incumbent. There's no incumbent, which means it's going to be a hard fight on both sides. We're going to have to keep an eye on Pennsylvania in 2022. What is your good news this week? Okay, so uh, my good news is is very frivolous, um, but also but still good. Um, so uh, one, I finished a thing. Um, if you uh, hang out uh, at, on my Twitch streams, um, I've been working on a project that I started last year, and it was supposed to be a Christmas present for my parents in 2019, um, and I didn't do it didn't finish it i finally finished it um and my mother likes it which is a good thing and i succeeded in drawing a hand it was very difficult the journey was arduous but i did it it mostly looks like a hand um and then uh also uh in real news entertainment news miss marvel was cast um the her name is iman vellani the actress and um, she's a Pakistani American who is going to play a Pakistani American, which is amazing. Yeah, a bunch of good things. We are uh, definitely going to be keeping an eye on Ms. Marvel throughout this podcast. Once it gets closer, honestly, once this movie comes out, we'll probably do a full episode on it. Oh, yeah. Kamala Khan's easily our favorite superhero yeah you wrote a whole uh thesis on her i just we love her a lot <laughs> you were her for halloween last year we, yeah. we're deaf i would expect more ms marvel news from us because and it's pretty much always gonna be in the good things section yeah knock on wood <laughs> and what is our mango fact this week so our mango fact this week is um Actually, a bit of local news. If you are in uh, the Baltimore metropolitan area, um, there is a cat up for adoption in Baltimore named Mango. It is a very, very cute cat. It's a good-looking cat. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so cute. 
Uh, I personally am allergic to cats, but I like them a lot. And if you're considering adopting a pet, especially with cats, I do recommend adopting adult cats instead of kittens, uh, because then their personality is kind of set. Kittens can generally behave very different as adults than they do as babies, as most species do. That Everybody's always surprised when their kitten doesn't want to cuddle them anymore. So contact the Maryland uh, SPCA um, if you want to adopt Mango. Can I read some of the description? Oh, I would be love to hear more about this cat. So the three-year-old is a d- domestic short hair cat who will require patient and loving family. She is still learning to accept human touch and may give you love nips when she gets overstimulated. It would warm right up after a few weeks. If you take Mango home, it's important to remember not to punish her as she learns how to love you because that will deter and frustrate her. Instead, you can learn how to read her body language to keep her out of uncomfortable situations. If that sounds like you, then Mango is ready to give you all of her love. Maybe if one of our listeners in Baltimore gets a new pet out of this, that'd be great. Yeah. We would totally include that in the good news section. Oh. Yeah, good news, mango fact, both. Yeah, all in one. Please do that for us. Oh my god, if we do mango news and it's just about this cat, that would be amazing. It'd be nice. Yeah, there's not much mango news anymore because um, mango season's over, unfortunately. But it's always mango season in our hearts. And it's mango season for you if you're going to adopt this cat. I hear they're looking for their forever home. (laughs) She will be a perfect fit for your family. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our podcast. If you want to find me, you can find me at Katrina Ames on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, and Twitch. And uh, you can find me at Firewood Sparkler on uh, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. Um, and you can also, uh, again, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash onyourleftpod. Um, it would mean the world to us if you could uh, even give a dollar. This has been the On Your Left podcast about... One hell of a week and how you can take action with less than 30 days left until the election.